on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you do not have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. Hello, Carrie Poppy. Oh, hey, Ross. Hey, um, I don't think we got to say enough about the self-realization fellowship. You can never say enough about being self-realized. Let us say more. You know who can really never say enough is Paramahansa Yogananda. He says a lot. He has so much to say even from beyond the grave. Yeah, yeah. A lot of writing. Hi, Paramahansa G. And a lot of recorded video of him as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if if you did not hear the first part of this investigation, well, then you're really going to be lost out now. Yeah. I'd recommend listening to part one. Right, this is going to be part two of a two-part, stay with me, of a two-part series. So we're talking about Paramahansa Yogananda, the founder. Discoverer and founder. Discoverer and founder. Of the Self-Realization Fellowship. Yep, which Mm -hmm. is kind of headquartered here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Even though it has its. I don't think it's kind of, I think it is. Even though it has its ties to India. Sure. That great land. Yes, Mother India. Yeah, he wrote many books. Uh-huh. And it's interesting. I, I feel that as we read his material, there's a lot of repetition there. Oh, yeah, for sure. One of the monks, I think, kind of said that himself. He kind of admitted in one of the talks, like, yeah, you feel like you read a lot of the same things over and over as you're going through the lessons and mm-hmm. as you're reading the various books. But that's because repetition is so important for the truth. Some things just bear repeating. That's, I mean, kind of fair, right? Sure. That is something we know about humans. But especially when their literature is the Fast. the corpus yeah, of Paramahansa Yogananda with occasional writings by Sri Dayamata mm-hmm. and, you know, other... Uh, luminaries within the group and there is some internal consistency there about i mean like meditation is there's a lot of repetition just in the act of meditating sure a lot of the techniques are to just like say a mantra over and over so they obviously believe in the power of statements to yourself would you say that they have the largest occult library no i wouldn't (laughs) hi oto oh no wait that was the society Society. yeah they've got the largest occult library i immediately pictured the oto's little library which i was impressed by yeah it was great it was great actually i just yesterday started to read the book of lies by alistair crowley oh yeah goodness that's a bunch of nonsense (laughs) that guy's so pompous (laughs) i love that he made notes it, like the the edition that's out now that's the most popular hmm. has the original text on one side and then like his own notes about what he already wrote on the other side the way like oh, like really? a folio of Shakespeare would be but oh, it's my like goodness. oh I think the author meant it's like it was you let me interpret this for you yeah. what I just said yeah. anyway. I was too obtuse the first time <laughs> right and then the explanation of course does not help love is the law Love Underwell. Also, Paramahansa Yogananda seemed to have a lot of audio recordings and video recordings of him. Yes. And and it's funny because we, we got to see various pieces of footage of him. And I think he was always incredibly conscious of conscious of the camera's presence. Yeah, for sure. He'd always like point at the camera. If like if other people were around him, he'd be like, 
hey, look over there, there's the camera, and you'd see them all look at the camera. And then when it would just settle on him, he would just look off in the distance like a noble dog with his hair in the wind. (laughs) Right, like, yeah, he'd want these heroic poses, like, okay, I'm going to angle my chin up and to the, you know, northeast. Yeah, I guess some people would think of, like, the shot of a soldier, I immediately see, like, a a border collie. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) And then he'd also be very serious, usually, in front of the camera so okay now we will be reverential and he'd look at the cameras if someone had just died and Mm -hmm. maybe he'd like slowly point behind him so you could see this holy shrine Uh or just like a blissful look of peace the enlightened look Uh, of peace so where we saw most of these videos i'd say was at the Self-Realization Fellowship Convocation. Oh my goodness, they have a convocation? Yes, Ross, and it is, is it, only... Is it like a local convocation? Well, it is for us. It's a worldwide convocation, <gasps> but it happens to be every year in Los Angeles, where we live. Perfect. I know. And so we found out about this, and we were like, okay, we got to go to Oh that. yeah, this is their big event. And then... We found out how much it cost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, $325 per person. Yep. Per person. Per person. And did you have to be, I think, taking the lessons to even sign up? I think so. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. Which so, kind of makes sense. Sure. They yeah. want to see that you're dedicated enough. And I also don't know that it would have that much. I think you'd be pretty lost if you had no prior understanding and you went to that. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of like assumed that, yeah, yeah, you understand what a lot of these terms mean. Yeah, absolutely. I would have been really lost if I'd gone there first. Yeah, for sure. Me too. Yeah. So we forked over $650 of your uh, donation money. Thank you. Keep it coming. Thank you. Which is why it is wonderful for you to go to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. It's a wonderful thing. Anyway, go on. Yeah, and so it was going to be held at the Weston Bonaventure Hotel, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is interesting because not too far away, Paramahansa Yogananda had passed away. Willfully left the human body. Mahasamadhi. Mahasamadhi. Yes, that's it. A really fancy somatic trance where you actually leave your body. Right. And uh, Forever. He, he had done that at the Biltmore Hotel. Right. So like, oh, why don't they hold it at the Biltmore? And I was just there for the LA Press Club Awards. Do you think the Biltmore would have held this group for the World Convocation? Yeah. Okay. I do. Do you? I don't know, actually. I haven't been to the Biltmore. I think they would, but it is a fair amount fancier, so it might just really up the ticket price. Gotcha. Well, we don't need that. Boy, we don't. $325 is a lot. Now, this is for seven days of programming or eight? I'm going to bring up my schedule. Yeah, seven days of programming. So what do you get for your $325? Is it a good deal? Oh, boy. Well, it depends on what you think is a good deal for me maybe not i don't think i'll go next year for example (laughs) the thing is that they believe that meditation is the most powerful thing that you can do as a human being and it gets even more powerful when you are meditating with others but they don't do like lead group meditation you just meditate by yourself in a room with others right and they have presentations where they talk about meditation techniques But not even right before the meditation. That's just sort of like disjointed. Yeah, and you're just expected to do it on your own time. Right. And there's like 
meditation going on at all times during the convocation in one of the rooms. So what I would consider the actual programming, the talks and mixers and stuff are pretty sparse because you're just enjoying this experience of being with your brothers and sisters in meditation. Mm -hmm. Now for you or me, who like, we have some experience meditating, but it's not something we do several hours a day. You just show up and you're like, okay, I did my half hour of meditation. What's happening today? Oh, one talk? Hmm, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I think a lot of people come maybe expecting this to be sort of a retreat, like a meditation retreat. Uh But it's interesting that it's not even more guided than it is for that. There's also a series of pilgrimages where you can get in buses and go visit the various sites, the Mother Center that we mentioned in Mount Washington, Mm -hmm. the Lake Shrine Center, and even the the one in Encinitas, I believe. Yeah, the ashram in Encinitas. Well, that had to be a long bus drive. Yeah. And so they encouraged us locals not even to bother with those. Right. uh, Because all these people are coming from far away. And it's an additional cost. Yeah, Yeah. it was like $70 added onto the ticket to go to Encinitas, I believe. Yeah, that's pretty pricey. And this was a big crowd of people. Oh, yeah. I was super surprised. Way more than I expected. Yeah, totally. Now, I'm pretty bad at estimating once the numbers are that big, but how many people do you think were there? Well, they said at one point that there were about 3,000 people. Whoa, is that right? Yeah, and I believe it. Oh, my God. Just looking at... uh, How many people went to your high school? Less than 2,000. See? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's true. That's wow. It's impressive. Wow. Yeah, when we first arrived, it's at this, you know, high-rise hotel mm-hmm. that's got four towers to it. We came in and there were already kind of these socialization events going on. Mm-hmm. So people were gathering around. I would have guessed at that time, like, oh, maybe like 400 people. Yeah. But then once we all much later got into, it was like later that night, we got into this large room, probably uh-huh. the largest room at the hotel there. Then I realized, like, oh, wow, it's a sea of people. Right. All very quiet, kind of somber people. Uh Uh-huh. I think that was the general cast of the room. Like, you walk in, and nobody's, like, giving you big smiles. Right. Which is weird, because in one of Paramahansa Yogananda's writings, he talks about how important it is to smile. And he's like, make yourself smile. Stand in front of a mirror and use your fingers to push the sides of your mouth up so that you smile. That's what you have to do. And then, like, three paragraphs later, he's like, but don't fake it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's just my natural like inclination. I'm passing by somebody like yeah, oh, I'm like oh hi. Smile. Especially since like oh we're all here at this thing together that's supposed to be exciting. Yeah, hey, we're in the in group. Yeah, and they're like Mm-mm, no, you're not. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you were noticing like most of the uh, docents, guides, volunteers. Yeah, we're usually pretty straight face. Yeah. So I started making. I was like, no, no, I can make them smile. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I would like give <laughs> That's right. a long and uncomfortable smile until I got one of them to smile back at me. Right. At which point it was kind of a nervous smile. And then one time you were like, I'm going to make this guy smile, but he didn't see you as you were approaching him. So uh-huh. you just started walking like toward him, but he was <laughs> against a wall. So it wasn't even like you could pass it off like you were going somewhere else. You oh, just I was like, going out of my way. Yeah. Yeah. You were just like beelining toward him with this like evil grin on your Plastered face. Grin. Yeah. And then finally looked up and saw you. And then you like immediately like 90 degree turned and walked away. You were like, got my objective. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm glad I could brighten his day. Yeah. I don't think you did, but you brightened mine. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> So, yeah, on that first day, the first day was Sunday. Yeah, and we came in. uh, We wanted to attend this kind of new recruit orientation 
And we thought, oh, well, that's perfect for yeah. us. Newcomers welcome. That's us. And that was in the same ballroom where they were doing the uh, the frequent meditation breaks. Right. That room held quite a few people. I'd say nearly a thousand people could fit in there. Yeah. And it was eh, two thirds full. Three quarters. Oh, I would have thought a little less, but okay. anyway. And so there was a podium and lectern up there where people would speak from. Uh, recurring theme was that they would have the picture of Paramahansa Yogananda up at the front of every right. room we went in. Which is like a pretty common guru thing. Sure. Yeah. And they used the same picture each time. And it was like one of the last photos taken of him. They said elsewhere, one of the pieces of literature, like the last photo of Paramahansa Yogananda smiling. Ah, uh, right. Before he left his body. Uh, and it's this like sleepy smile, like he just woke up. Mm-hmm. Or he's about ready to go to sleep, which I guess would be apt. I wonder, I mean, so that obviously means there are other photos of him, but he was frowning. <laughs> I wonder what those look like. Like uh, during that talk, I guess there were no photos of him smiling. So oh, maybe gotcha. he was frowning about his impending death. His hair is kind of off center. And it's just interesting they chose that particular photo of him, but it was everywhere mm -hmm. and colorized mm -hmm. and had a big wreath of flowers in front of it. Mm -hmm. So it always felt like we were at a memorial for. Yeah. Paramahansa Yogananda. But again, like that's a typical guru thing, like offering them flowers and fruit. Back at the uh, temple, they always had like a uh, rose in front of every mm -hmm. picture of him. Yeah, an offering. Mm -hmm. Speaking of flowers and fruit, I was under the impression that we weren't supposed to bring, well, maybe not weren't supposed to, but I thought it wasn't ideal for us to bring anything with flour in it because I was reading all his oh. writings and he talked about how white flour is just so bad for you. It's so bad for you and everyone eats too much flour. Okay. And, but you know, like flour's in a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. And then he was talking about how you should subsist mostly on fruit if you have to eat. And so I brought all this fruit because I thought everyone there is just going to be eating fruit. And then the first day we got there, there was like a reception in the main hall with like cake. Just like white flour <laughs> crap cake that you'd buy at Ralph's. Okay, so he tells you to smile. Uh -huh. You don't smile. He tells you not to eat white flour. You make white flour cake. Yeah, what? He tells you to eat what? fruit. No fruit there. Yeah. All right, let's talk about food. Yeah. Did they give us lots of food for our $325 per person? If you consider that the air itself and life energy <laughs> is actually food, then they gave us an endless supply. In other words, no food provided. No food. Not one single food except for, again, this crap cake. You could maybe grab that one time. <laughs> yeah, like at the very beginning. Yeah. Other and than I don't mean a nice, I don't mean like a cake with icing on it. I mean like that, uh, you know, you get those clamshell boxes and there's just like slices laid against each other oh, of right. like sweet cake mm -hmm. like a breakfast cake were yeah. people really eating it i don't know okay i didn't want one yeah <laughs> so the whole time no food provided no hot drinks no hot drinks there was a lot Menos of water. puntos, as my Spanish teacher would say. Very good. Yeah, water. You could you could get water. Though they would get nervous about that. I remember I was walking into the meditation yes. room once to take a break from the reading Never area. Know. And and one of the ushers followed me in, like kind of quickly, nervously, and was like, Oh no, what am I doing? What am I doing? And she looked down at my cup and she uh -huh. saw that it was empty. She's like, Oh, you're okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was I just trying to preserve my, cups. Yep, I carried around my cup too. But that was it. There was no like, it didn't even say like on the schedule, like this is your lunchtime. Or, right. We will be meeting here for lunch. Right. Really it just seemed like, oh, if you are somebody who needs food. Right. <laughs> you can figure that out on your own time. Well, they did mention during the. And pay your own money. The thing for the uh, for the newcomers, they did mention that the restaurants around the hotel 
were ready for them. And they said, since most of the people are vegetarian there, they said, don't worry, there's vegetarian options at every restaurant. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, except for the ones right across the street that were closed. What was that? It was one of those, like... There's no reason those should have been closed. Little nooks that serves only this one office building, so they're like, oh, we're going to call it a day at 2 p.m. Like, directly what? across the street, and it had, like, a lot of good restaurants, yeah. some well-known ones. Mm. And we were going to go to Asian Box. Yeah. It was closed yeah. all the time. Ugh. What so gives? annoying. So annoying. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, no food, man. Okay. Well, And then. my boyfriend had bought so much fruit for me because I was like, oh, I'm going to have to just eat this fruit. And so he like went to the market and bought just like boxes and boxes of fruit <laughs> that we're still now like trying to <laughs> yeah, get through. Yeah. We didn't eat that much fruit during <laughs> no. the actual. Well, you brought oranges on the first day. And then and you a brought banana. orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And bananas for both of us. Yeah. And, and my family had just given me a bunch of oranges. So I brought ah. oranges the next day. My oranges were very difficult to open, though. Yeah, yours were. <laughs> I got so messy. We were listening to this one lecture, and I'm sitting there trying to get this orange out, and it's like sticking to the rind, uh-huh. and I'm getting covered in juice. And uh-huh. it, it was disgusting, but there's nothing I could do. I couldn't wash my hands. Or anything, so I'm like kind of trying to like lick at my fingers to clean them up. Speaking of concentration, like <laughs> the whole like focus here is like to focus your concentration and like just focus on God. These people are talking at the front and you are just arguing with this orange just like there was nothing else on earth and you opened it up and you you gave me this look that was like you and I get it this fucking orange, right? Mhm. I felt I need to, for some reason. I needed to acknowledge, you know, that yes, I realize this is ridiculous what I'm doing uh-huh. with this orange. Okay, so no food provided. Well then did they have well, well, you did said it there's include l- sleeping at the hotel? No. Well, you said there's lots of programming going on, right? Like just one thing after another? Uh, no, let's see. Let's look at the, oh. you brought the schedule here. Oh, that's weird. There's only like four events throughout an entire day. Yeah. So let's see, like, let's pick a, let's pick a day at random. So I'm looking at Wednesday. Okay. So on, what Wednesday, happens on Wednesday, assuming that you're an adult, here's what you could go to. You could go to a meditation in the morning. Okay. You wouldn't be able to go to the 2.30 class because that's for teens. And that was like 8.30 to 9.30, right? The meditation? 8 to 11. 8 to 11. Okay. Wow. Long meditation. Then at 4.30 to 5.30, you could go to the Satsango, which is a questions and answers session. Wait, we just skipped to 4.30? Mm-hmm. Okay. No- nothing happened in between then? Nope. Then at 7.30, you can go finally go to a talk, Strengthening Character by Developing Spiritual Courage and Endurance for an Hour. And then at nine, back to meditation. That is an SRF talk title, if ever I've heard one. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, assuming you're like us and you didn't get up at 7 a.m. to go to the 8 a.m. meditation, essentially you're going to come at 4.30 and stay till 8.30 for for two programs with a two-hour break in the middle. And that's what you will have paid like $60 for that day. Kind of ridiculous. Kind of ridiculous. So we uh, we went through with the pen and we kind of decided, okay, when can we take the time off or like get off of work or come on the weekend? So we we're mm-hmm. trying to find strategic times that we'd be there and we'd kind of circle two adjacent things and realize, oh, there's like three hours between right. those two events. What are we going to do? Meditate or eat. And, <laughs> and there were some times where I'd go and you wouldn't or you'd go and I wouldn't. Yeah, we'd kind of trade places on certain things. At, at the beginning of like the major talks, I, I think that was like the real event every night, right. 7.30 to 8.30. Every night they would have like a big talk yeah, from kind of keynote. one of the monks. Exactly. Yeah, And it was always a monk and not a nun. 
Correct. Because there are monks and nuns, and the organization's led by a woman, but there were no talks given by women. Yeah, they were there. We saw them. Mm -hmm. But at least uh, during the talks, they were not amongst us. Oh, and during that, yeah, there were none amongst us. <laughs> uh, the, uh, during the kirtan, which is the chanting, the ceremonial chanting, mm -hmm. the, the nuns were on full display. And playing the harmoniums and other yeah, musical instruments. Yeah, uh, sitar, yeah. Sweet. Bunch of pretty, very pretty instruments. The kirtan, actually, I went to and you did not go to. That is correct. Yeah, I came in during the last few minutes and I saw it like they would be playing videos in one room in like an overflow room. So I kind of walked yeah. in the over room. So I got like got the last the five, end. 10 minutes of the curtain. Oh my gosh. It was very long. Yeah. So yeah, they played three songs, but those three songs took about an hour. Wow. Because they just, you know. They and you said there was a long break to meditate. And then there was like 25 minutes of meditation. I know you've been meditating all day, like uh -huh. for the last like five hours, right. but let's take a break a and meditate bit. some more. And then there was another, they were like, okay, just one last thing. And then they played two songs to Lord Krishna in honor of his birthday and they those were endless songs, so that was like another half hour or something. So and it was Christmas? Yes, it was Christmas. And uh, it was the only talk that I snuck my boyfriend <laughs> into, so he was just like, oh, yeah. what is this? Because <laughs> he was just stuck in the middle of endless singing he was down and for silence. It. Oh, yeah, no, He's he a good was. Sport. He was, oh, totally. But uh, I think that it was like a pretty rough way to be introduced. I'm like, no sure. one's talking, they're all just singing and, and being silent. Right. <laughs> I think if you're dating Carrie, you just have to expect that your life is going to be filled with weird things like sure. that. Sure, yeah. I felt like this whole this whole weekend, it reminded me of this game that my wife's sister used to play on her, uh -huh. where she would say, oh, let's play bus stop. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and my, my, my young, you know, at the time, uh, my wife, she was, I don't know, maybe like five or six or something. She'd say, oh, how do we play? And she'd say, okay, well, what you do is you got you to gotta sit very still. Okay, okay. And, and you don't say anything because you're waiting for the bus to arrive. And so Cara would sit there like just very dutifully, very quietly waiting for the bus ride. And finally, you know, eventually she would say like, um, is the, and then immediately, oh, 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 the bus is here. The bus is here. Let's get on the bus. Okay. We're all walking on the bus and we sit down. Okay. Now what do we do? You got to stay very quiet on the bus. And then she would sit there until Cara got antsy again, and then she'd come up with some other little way to right. delay this. It felt like that's what this convocation was. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, now be very quiet. Meditate. Also sort of like your wife's sister. There were a lot of stories of Paramahansa Yogananda being what I, I would call, now I'm not a psychologist, but I would call a, a jerk. <laughs> Same idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the stories would just be about him being like incredibly patronizing to the devotees. Oh, this one in particular. Yeah. All, all of the main speakers uh, for these kind of keynote type events where, you know, you see them on the giant screen and everything. They were all older white men. Mm -hmm. And one of them was telling the story of Paramahansa Yogananda. And it was told by Sri Dayamata, who yeah. was his eventual successor. And she was young at the time, like an initiate. She started when she was like 17. Yeah. And he was uh, making like with newspaper saying he was making a dunce cap. Right. And in front of everybody, like everyone was gathered in this room. So yeah. There's like 40 of them or something. So the guru is doing like this origami to make a dunce cap. Right. Everybody watch. And <laughs> and so he calls her forward and she 
good for her. She said, no. Yeah, because it was like very clear that he was going to put it on her head. Right. He kept repeating, oh, come on. Come on, come on. And apparently she was always the one who was kind of like, oh, no one look at me. So right. she was like the you might target. You might say she was kind of an introvert. An introvert, yes. You could. <laughs> and yes, yeah, she refused and so finally kind of moved on. And, then- and, and you and I, having heard so many stories like this, yeah. we're assuming, okay, this ends with him asking her to put the nun's cap on him or him putting it on himself. Right. And, oh, that's how what, he has lowered himself. That's what you were all expecting, right? Like yeah. the story goes on that he dismisses everybody else and she's relieved and she starts to get well, up. First, he tells her to stand in the goddamn corner and face the corner. Well, he did that after he dismissed oh, everybody. Okay. okay. Uh, so she's getting ready to leave and he says, no, no. Not you. You're going to stay. 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 And so, yeah, this is where you're expecting him to say, you know, actually, I was going to have you put the dunce cap on me. Mm -hmm. Or and now that we are in the room together, you can put this on me or, you know, like some. Instead of the story that we would expect, he not only tells her he was going to put the dunce cap on her, but he says, like, is that the right thing to do in front of everybody else to resist me Uh and talk back to me? And then makes her stand in a goddamn corner. He makes her stand in the corner. And face the corner. Face the corner and then stand on one leg uh-huh. in the corner. This is the kind of thing where if it weren't like an, an Indian sage, we would be like, this crazy cult leader made this child like stand in a corner for hours and just like berated her. Well, maybe not hours, but for 25 minutes and berated her and told her how he was going to put a dunce cap on her, we would be like, that's sue-worthy material. And then she comes back later and says, okay, I'll, you know, uh, next time I will I will come up when you say so. And he said, well, I think you've learned your lesson. Yeah. Jerk. Yeah. Seems like a real dick. Now I say that. And <laughs> this say, is like the only things we could say that could upset SRF no, members. No, it's true. I was just going to say, and even so, I still like these people. Oh, absolutely. And I still like his writings and I still kind of like him. But he did seem like he was just real full of himself. It, there were just those moments where like, yeah, he played the uh, the alpha dog. Yeah. And like whenever the story would include someone... Saying nearly anything to the guru, his response would be something like, "Uh, yeah, I know that. I'm the guru. Yeah. Oh, man. There was a lot of that. Oh, also a lot. uh, It was funny because we heard these stories, I think, before we knew the underlying explanation. A lot of stories where someone would be saying something within their head, Uh and then he would just respond to their inner thoughts. Yes. And there is... That is part of his writings, is that you develop, like, clairvoyance and clairaudience... from so they all love telling stories like that like one of the monks was saying oh yeah i you know for a while i changed my mantra from i love you jesus i love you jesus to i love you guru i love you guru and i was saying that in my head and he turned around this one day and he said i love you too lovely there was one talk that you weren't there for where one of the monks said that um as as the guru was going through the energization techniques, which I wish we could tell you about, we can't, but we can't tell you what they are because they're in the lessons, but mm-hmm. it's a way of preparing for your meditation. As he was doing those, the guru was going too fast. And one of the one of the monks at the time was just thinking like, oh, he's going too fast, but didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And then after it was done, the guru was like, you thought it was going too fast, but that's because your concentration isn't as good as mine. And they were all like really impressed. And I was like, you know, it's kind of obvious infer that. if you can, you could see someone being like, oh, this is going too fast. You know, like you could see that on someone's face. Yeah, body language. I yeah. think so. Because they wouldn't say it. Right. Not here. 
Right. Not at the SRF. No. Very quiet. Right. Very introspective. Yes. Yeah, another one that I missed that you caught uh, had the speaker from our local temple. Yeah. And I was kind of bummed I missed that because I like that guy. And when they announced him, there was this like, <gasps> in the audience, he's, he seems very revered. Big deal. You know, I I like him not only because he's a nice guy, and he told me that I have a great voice. Oh. He's like, you have Did a you great say, voice. I have a podcast. He said, are you on the radio? Oh, really? <laughs> and <laughs> he has a great voice too. And uh, I said, well, I know, but thank you. Uh-huh. I don't know if I thought I should have said like, oh, but I do podcasting. Uh-huh. Anyways, he looks like Peter Cushing from Star Wars, the first Star oh, Wars. No idea, but okay. Oh, oh, this will help you. He plays Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Of course, of course. On the, the- Death Star, he's the one that tells Leia that you know we're going to blow up your planet. Uh huh. Yes, yes. Alan Arkin's <laughs> granddaughter. Got it. So uh, yeah, I showed you the photo, and you're like, "Oh, it does look like that guy." So guys, look up Peter Cushing. This guy looked like that, but wearing like a like a salmon colored robe. I guess would you say saffron? But I think like saffron seems to, like cover a lot of different colors. Yeah, I don't know, goes man. from like a I mustardy like kind of yellow a coral. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But on the on the a rosy orange. Yeah, on the on the orange end of coral. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I like that guy. You might call it Cajun shrimp if it were a nail polish. I might. Listen, everybody, I use Groupon a lot, and you I, do. I really do. And I got a Groupon to have my nails done. And Way to well, keep the dream alive. I just. I know, right? I just loved this one color, and I said, what color is that? And they said it's called Cajun Shrimp. What? Yeah. Cajun Shrimp. So now I just remember when I go there, I I like the Cajun Shrimp color. All right. Let that be a lesson to you. (laughs) What what, what am I supposed to take from that lesson? The lesson is... Can you talk about this lesson? For with, you are under Uh the legacy of a true angst child. You will not be born to the star of the third atmosphere unless you bring truth and light to the underscore of distance. That makes sense. Thank you. Thank you. Also, service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. <laughs> oh, That's an Ethereum Society reference. Oh, that. yeah. If you haven't heard the Ethereum Society episode. Speaking of which, yeah. I... Felt so much that Paul from the Ethereum Society would have done yes. so well yeah. within this organization. Yes. Even though he's a little more extroverted, uh-huh. I think they would have loved him. Yeah, I think his his a lot of his thoughts are in line with them too. And I found myself wishing that instead of George King, he had gravitated towards Paramahansa Yogananda. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, then he'd be speaking to you know many thousands of people who'd be delighted to hear him talk. But he's doing well as a big fish in a small pond. Maybe that's what he likes. There you go. Bigger pond. Bigger pond. Yeah. 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 I was kind of thinking about that because they were talking about like their vows of celibacy. Like when you mm-hmm. take the uh, the monk position, you're renouncing the worldly pleasures. And I was thinking within Catholicism, if you're a priest and you kind of abdicate from those vows, that, that's a big deal. Like uh-huh. kind of the world goes, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. But, but really for this community, it's just, you know the 3,000 plus people who really care. Uh-huh. It, it's, it was uh-huh. just, it was weird to think about that, how like they mm-hmm. had a lot of these kind of little ethical rules, but it was really held by the smaller community. It, it just, it felt strange mm-hmm. to me to kind of contemplate that. Yeah, I guess Some, that's true. Something and to even, meditate upon. Even with the priests, like I was never Catholic and still I found myself sort of caring, you know? Yeah, if they 
hooked up with somebody. Wait a second. Okay. But I think if one of these guys did that, I don't know. It's just it would feel different to me. It's just strange. I know a woman who was an, was becoming a nun and at her third interview where like a priest has to sign off on you, at her third interview, she fell in love with the priest and they have a little boy. Whoa. They're married. Nice. Yep. Good story. Yeah. So they saw each other and they sang, oh, sweet mystery of life, life at life last I found the... thee. Yes. But oh, no, they at did last not. I know what the secret segue, of it Ross. all. <laughs> well, I've had that stuck in my head now. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah. And it is to uh, a service by the Self-Realization Fellowship it, where- well, Every single service of yeah. the of the SRF. Yeah. Yeah, they would finish it with the musical version of that song. I just assume that it's like this cultural touchstone that everybody knows. But not so much. It came from a Jeanette McDonald and Nelson Eddy musical called Naughty Marietta Mm -hmm. from like 1935, I think. And then was made more famous in Thoroughly Modern Millie. Yeah, and then it came later in Thoroughly Modern Millie. Which is a fucking crazy movie. I was so excited for Carrie to see this. Oh my God. (laughs) If you guys have not seen Thoroughly Modern Millie. Julie Andrews, Mary Tyler Moore. It is fucking nuts <laughs> it is so crazy like there's I, no good way to sum up the film I, well my favorite way to sum it up is that it is a musical about sex slavery i mean that's an important part of it but it's it, the funnest way to describe sure it if the sex slavery wasn't in there that, that still have wouldn't have changed the core story I don't know, man. Which is about Millie. Being modern. Yeah. Mm. And she's not involved in the sex slavery. No, but But yeah. she's oblivious to it because she's so naive. It's pretty central, though. See the movie if you have Anyway, okay, it's fucking crazy. And I was watching it <laughs> by myself, and just my mouth was agape the entire time, and I kept talking to the screen, what?! <laughs> What? There's so many and, quotables in that film. And I just kept, I kept turning it off because I just felt like saturated. Just like I can't, oh, if I watch any more, just I can't even process it. It is frenetic. If you had to have one word for it, I'd say frenetic. Okay. I had heard the song there because mm-hmm. when Mr. Trevor Graydon sees Mary Tyler Moore's character, immediately like they both break out in the, oh, sweet mystery. And of course, I'd heard that in these uh, silly Jeanette McDonald and Nelson Eddy musicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm the only person my age who's actually seen them, but my mom was obsessed with uh-huh. those films. They were America's Sweethearts in the late 30s. Okay. <laughs> so I know like all those songs. I, I love to think that Paramahansa Yogananda was a fan. Oh, I hope so. But and, anyway, so he would take them and then just change the words a little yeah, to make it his own. And everyone's so impressed by this. He's like such a great poet. He's <laughs> not that good a poet, you guys. You know, we'll, we'll admit he's a good writer. He is. Uh, so-so poet. Yeah. And he just takes, uh, like, all of his songs are pre-existing standards. Right. Like and so, yeah, when we'd too. go to the services, they would play songs like the the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Right. But they would change the words. And so, his love is marching on. Mm-hmm. All right. Right. Very good. So, yeah, you can get the book with all his kind of... Uh, Custom lyrics to many songs, many right. popular tunes. Many of your favorite tunes. Yeah, it's like one of those commercials where they're like, do you remember this song? That's on <laughs> here too. But in this case, you know, just the words will be very slightly changed. Totally. Well, while we're speaking of the temple, I haven't talked about my friend, 
Matt yet. Uh-huh. One one Sunday, I think I'd lingered longer than you at a service, or maybe I'd gone to one that you hadn't. But for whatever reason, I was just kind of wandering around by myself. Oh, yeah, that's right. I had my copy of Autobiography of a Yogi. Mm-hmm. I went out. There's a little me- meditation garden and a nice little structure to sit under and read for a while. It was very beautiful. And so finally, I kind of walked out to my car, and someone kind of taps at my window. Yeah. I open up the window, and there's a guy there kind of leaning in, and he's got a big bushy beard. And he says, oh, I just saw you wandering around and I saw you were new. Just wanted to introduce myself. I'm Matt. And uh, so we were talking a little bit and I felt kind of weird just sitting in my car. So I got up. I showed him the book and he's like, oh, well, you you want like a tour of the place? I can show you around. Well, yeah, I do. He said he's been there for like seven years. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he was leading me through and using keys like to open up the buildings and showing me the Sunday school in there. And I just started the autobiography at that point. So mm-hmm. I still didn't know who a lot of the figures were. So he was explaining to me kind of the succession. And he was the first person who I'd learned from that Babaji is still alive. Wait, right. Wait, right. what? Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so yeah, really sweet. And other people would come and try to like close things down. He'd be like, oh, I'm just showing my friend around. Aww. So he introduced me to uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. And then they were both so excited, like, oh, wow, that's like vintage AY. Right. Referred to my book as. Then I was getting ready to leave. He's like, oh, well, let me show you where the meditation garden is. And so there was a separate garden meant solely for the monks to use. Yeah. He said, but that's fine. You can come in here anytime and use it just to sit and think or even read if you want. And I was like, oh, I'm all excited. And so he said, uh, on the gate, just push G1893. I'm pretty sure that was it. But it was like a reference to the year Yogananda was born. I think uh-huh. the G was for guru. And the reason I say that, because normally I wouldn't share the password, is because it didn't work. Oh. <laughs> and he had just gotten in there. And then I tried hmm. to go right back. And, and so like, okay, something's missing there. Hmm. And I tried like a lot of different combos of that and like the other days of his birth. Yeah, so something was missing somehow. I wasn't huh. able to get back in there. But huh. for a brief shining moment, I was there in Camelot. And you were a monk. You were amongst I was among those in Camelot. Yeah, they're, they're very good at creating beautiful spaces where I would like to spend time reading. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And boy, you got to go to Lake Shrine. So oh, pretty. I'm so looking forward so to it. Pretty. I'm bringing a book. I want to just sit there for like five hours and you read. You know, here's the thing. I am not sure that's welcome. Not that I think they kick mm, you out or anything. They, they want you to be meditating. I think so. Like it because it. It screams for bring a book here. I know. <laughs> but no, since literally no one had one, I was like, I think I'm only supposed to meditate here. Okay. Well, I think I could get away with that at the uh, the mother center because I definitely uh, got the vibe there. Like, yeah, this would be a good reading spot. It was I would secluded. think if your book were like one of his books, you could probably get away with it. Huh, I would enjoy that. Do that. Will do. So, Ross... Hello, on I'm that, Ross. On that same day that we stuck my boyfriend into one talk. And listen, mm-hmm. we're not going around stealing shit. It's just that we had one extra tag. And so my boyfriend came to one one measly little chant session. Mm-hmm. But uh, he also joined us for this little... You just wanted to give him a chance. Yes, exactly. So then we, all three of us, went to see this little video that was playing of a satsanga. Yeah. So a satsanga is a question and answer period with a monk or nun. The root word means like time with a guru. Uh-huh. This one was a filmed satsanga with Sri Dayamada before she passed away. It looked like it was sometime in the late 80s, early 90s, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Gotta say, they had good videographers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They must have been recruiting professionals from the industry or something. But whenever they'd show video, it was generally like really high quality. Well, well, However. Well shot. Okay, however. Other than this one, which we'll get to in a second, 
when they would film things, they would put it in slow-mo and stretch like 10 minutes of footage into oh, yeah. 35 minutes of footage. Oh, yeah, and we got to talk about that Christ, one. Christ, well, it was so long. Well, that's talking about, yeah, the earlier yeah. video from like the 30s. Uh, and when, another one. Oh, really? The Link Shrine the, video is pretty slow. Oh, you're right, but they didn't do the reversal thing. Right. But yeah, the the first time we saw a video, they had a separate room dedicated to video watchings. We went in and there was a Yogananda's visit to India, to which India. which was super cool for me because I'd read the book account of it. It's like, oh, oh wow, they were videotaping all this. So there, there'd be like the somber views of him and the heroic views. And occasionally like the, oh, we're laughing now in front right. of the camera. Uh, but it was all <clears throat> in black and white and they'd kind of added the sepia tone mm-hmm. and and as, as you were saying, they would constantly slow down the footage. Uh-huh. It'd be slow. footage of nothing. It would be like him just sitting there or him pointing at the camera. And then they'd just like have arrows that were like, here's his cousin. And here's his friend, Joe. Yeah. And they really mm-hmm. drew it out like to an hour long. Uh-huh. And, and then they would get to the end of that footage and then they'd just slowly backtrack. Uh-huh. Like, let's play it again, but in reverse. Right. And, and it was like more of a square format, of course, when, you know before the days of widescreen. And so they would fill in the sides with kind of a blurred version uh-huh. of the edges of, right. of the frame. And it put me to sleep. I was like, That's right. You fell asleep and started very lightly snoring. And so, I had to wake you up. Thank you for waking me up. Yeah, no problem. It was embarrassing. I waited for you to actually make a tone. It uh-huh. was like just heavy breathing that I was pretty sure no one could hear. Uh-huh. And then finally when I heard like, I was like, no. No, I'll not let this happen to you. I woke you up. I appreciate it. No problem. You were very embarrassed. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Anyway, so then the second movie that we saw was a satsanga Mm -hmm. with Sri Diamata. Right. Rest in peace. So they seemed like a very sweet lady, reminded me of my grandma. And a very pretty lady, I'd say. And they called her Ma. Mm hmm. Yes. And uh, so it's a question and answer session, and it truly is a question (laughs) and an answer. Yep. So first she sits and she sort of ruminates on her various thoughts for 10 minutes. And then she's saying, and and I realize like you're all here from all over the world, and this is your one chance to sit with me. I know I haven't gotten to see- Because this was a convocation. Right. I know I haven't gotten to see any of you. So this is your chance to talk to me and for us to interact and to ask me questions. And then no one like jumps to the microphone phone immediately so she like just sort of goes on talking uh, some more of her thoughts and now like another half hour passes and now it's like too weird to jump up and ask her a question right and so yeah this is like an hour long video right and we're like 45 minutes in and we're like uh oh yeah there's not so much question and answer here and And then finally she's like so does anyone have a question and so one person, we can't even hear them. They like try to boost the audio a little bit, but it's something to the effect of, I've been telling my mother about this and she's having a really hard time focusing during her meditation. Yeah, great question. Uh-huh. And then uh, Sri Diamond is like, ah, yes. Well, you know, people say that they're trying really hard, but they aren't really. <laughs> and then just completely blames the mom. And yeah, it takes about 10 minutes before she finally kind of concludes. So really, she just needs to try again yeah. and try harder. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, keep, yeah. keep at it. And then she's <laughs> like, okay, well, that was great. I'm so See glad. you in a year. So glad I got to talk to you all. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. One question, yep. many answers. Yep. Good times. Also, this was in an exceedingly freezing room. God. That screening room, they really pumped in the cold. It was like... It was piping cold. It was one of those like almost see your breath situations. Oh, was it that cold? 
for me it was. I okay. don't know if it physically was. And also the meditation room that was open all the time, that was freezing cold. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I wonder if that's Does like... That help with meditation? Yeah, maybe. Usually they say you just say so. you want your body not to be drawing attention to itself one way or the other. Right, so you'd think it would just be like tepid. Yeah, they'd go for like 71 degrees on the right. dot. Yeah. Yeah, weird. Yeah, there was one other video that we saw, and it was the Lake Shrine dedication. Yes, also and, slow. Yeah, and that was shot relatively near the end of Paramahansa Yogananda's life. And and again, the footage was just beautiful because mm-hmm. it was all in full color, and it looked like one of those Disney nature documentaries from mm-hmm. around the same time. And so there'd be like the shots of these beautifully pink flowers and then swans swimming around. And then like maybe 10 minutes of just Yogananda's face as he looks blissfully mm-hmm. and intelligently just beyond the camera. Yeah. I- inevitably, he looks then toward the camera and ponders it for a second. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of awkward. Yeah. And, he, and it just feels like he's like, yes, you may be in awe of me. It's uh-huh. me. I'm here. I don't need to be in awe of you. Yeah. I'm cool. I got you down. Maybe this means he is not my guru at this time. But I don't feel like I need to just gaze at him. Yeah. But yeah, maybe one day he will be. I like him. Which is the teaching. If you are inducted into Kriya Yoga, he is your guru. Right. And and the feelings that he is still ever present, much Mm -hmm. like Jesus, still around. Can right. still talk to you, communicate with you. Yeah, yeah. People would talk about like having a relationship with him. Right. And having conversations with him. Yeah, it seemed like a lot of the talks were kind of focused on finding ways to feel more connected with him now than even mm-hmm. in, one could be in the flesh. Right. It's kind of interesting, though. Like, there's that whole line of gurus, but they all lead back to God. It seems like then just why wouldn't you just talk to God? Yeah, and that seems like that's the eventual goal in this. But the guru is kind of this intercessor who makes it easier. Right. Yeah, I guess like the way people talk to Jesus. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, totally. Yeah, speaking of Lake Shrine, when I was telling one of my coworkers about the SRF, I kind of wanted to get his response because he's from India and he's led meditation classes at at work. Uh, But also he's just a very, you know, critical thinker, intelligent guy. So I said, oh, what do you think of the SRF? And I was like heavy in the middle of autobiography of a yogi or AY as we insiders yeah, call it, you. And, you know, reading all these miraculous claims. I said, oh, what do you think of the SRF? Are you familiar with Paramahansa Yogananda? He's like, oh, yeah, he's great. I love the SRF. Uh, you've got to go to their Lake Shrine Temple. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful there. I said, oh, okay, well, what about like all the, you know, extraordinary claims, the miracles? And he just kind of, oh, psh, that's, you know, that's not even a big part of it. It's just about, you know, making everyone feel welcome uh-huh. and meditating. Yeah, you know, even though that's in the text, I don't remember ever at any of our services someone bringing up miracles to you no that's why i was so surprised to read the book Uh just because yeah it was so pervasive yeah and it was just one after another of these like you know kind of crazy stories like he had this uh pocket watch that appeared out of nowhere and like this wise person had predicted this would happen and it will only stay as long as needed and it like appeared within his mother's hands while she was meditating and she gave it to him and then many years later then it disappeared just at the moment when he no longer needed it that's such a sweet little mom trick you know (laughs) like oh 
Oh, he said this to my son, and I'm gonna right. And oh, oh, is that a coin behind your ear? Wow, it's like kind of sweeter than that to me. You know, it's like like the Santa Claus myth or something. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna make this magic moment for you. And then at some point he lost it, and it became (laughs) this kind of beautiful end to Uh uh, the story because it was supposed to disappear. You know, do you have a lost item that you still think about? My swim trunks. I'm wondering where the (laughs) hell they are. Not the kind of thing I meant. Okay. Uh, when I was 10, I had this cameo ring that like for some reason I just believed was magical and I would rub it and make wishes. Oh. I just got it at an antique store and I would wear it all the time and make wishes on it. And then finally I lost it and I still think about that oh. ring and miss it. I have a number of items that have gone missing and I'm like still kind of thinking they must be hiding somewhere in my apartment, uh-huh. but no, maybe not to that significance. Oh, but Ross. Yes. Do you ever listen to those Maximum Fun shows? Oh, yeah. They produce like the best quality entertainment uh, this side of the Mississippi. Wow. And sometimes on the other side. Okay. Like Sawbones. Like Sawbones. And in fact, we are going to be Sydney and Justin. You and me? Yes. Carrie and Ross? Yes. Somehow I'm going to explain very um, uh, complicated medical topics to you. Oh, I see. Because you're the woman you get to be Sydney. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. But somehow (laughs) we are going to trudge through We're going to take you on a misguided martial tour of medicine. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So we did this swaparoo thing where they're going to be Ross and Carrie and investigate something. All the Max Fun shows are doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, look out for this. We will be hosting an episode of Sawbones. And they'll be hosting an episode of Ono Ross and, and Carrie, also and, known oh, as uh, oh no, Sydney and Justin. Oh no, Justin and Sydney. Yep. So look for it. Look for it. Or listen for it. Anyway, Ross. Hello, Carrie. As you look back over this investigation. Looking back. What would you give it on a pseudoscience rating where one is something not at all pseudoscientific? So something very scientific. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Like the theory of evolution. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then number 10 is like something very pseudoscientific. Mm. So something that's not at all based in science, right? Oh, like the opposite of yeah, a well-established yeah, 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 theory. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like just make something up then. Um, Like your whole body is super sticky mm. and- Oh, that's, uh, that's gross. And uh, it has ejaculated out of a mammal. Uh, let's say it's goat sperm. Let's say your whole body is goat sperm. That's equal parts disgusting and pseudoscientific. Mm-hmm. That's a 10. Okay. I don't want to give it that high. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if you don't hear about the miracles, kind of like my friend Rajesh was saying, like, ah, oh, it's just, you know, about all religions are all kind of compatible and they seem to do kind of a reasonable job of finding a way to make all of them fit together. For the most part, it's kind of uh, non overlapping, uh-huh. if you will. I hate uh-huh. that phrase. Why am I even referencing that? But there are plenty of claims about what the brain can do and Uh like monitoring other people's minds and and dying with you know at will so you know what all right i'm talking myself into a higher rating i'm gonna say 7.5 okay yeah i was thinking like six i was mostly thinking about the claims that you can like not eat yeah it's pretty crazy yeah you're right there there's a fair amount of kind of a pseudoscience going on yeah. but you know it's not like central to it the way that the way you're candling like that's its whole deal right so i'm with you that it's not like super high yeah it's with six. like the real focus is on the meditation right 
And, and there's definitely science to support that meditation is good for you. Absolutely. But not necessarily that it is the best thing for the world. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm all down with the meditation. It's, it's something I feel like I should do more. Uh-huh. And I think it might be part of just my personality that I'm not really that drawn to spending my time that way. Uh-huh. But I, I, I feel that this crowd, for the most part, are sensible, intelligent mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Uh, it's a very diverse crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say it's mostly white and Indian. I, d- I don't think right. I've seen any people of African descent. Uh, there were a few. Okay. Definitely it was a uh, minority. Yeah, mostly white, fair representation of Indian people. Mostly old, but there were, uh, at the convocation, there were a lot of younger people. Yep, for sure. And there was a whole room for kids. The so chillin. we wouldn't have seen them that much. Yeah, for sure. But but I mean, like, even people who are kind of contemporary right. to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I met one guy who was 29. So, Carrie, Poppy. Yes. What would you give the SRF on a pocket drainer scale? Where one is something, not very pocket draining. 10. You'd give it a 10? No. Go on. You go to the metro. Someone is yelling loudly over a microphone. You go listen to what they have to say. Mm -hmm. They kind of yell at you for 20 minutes, but it doesn't cost you anything. Except for 20 minutes. Seems mostly irrelevant, but uh uh-huh. But whereas a 10, you know, you want to go to hear the person yell down by the metro, but they won't yell anymore until you pay them $20. And then they just yell for like two minutes, and then they're like, I need more money or I'm not going to yell at you. Mm. And that's a 10. And then you're compelled to do it. Yeah, you're just a glutton for punishment, so you keep forking over money until you've got no more. Cool. Okay, I'm going to say an eight. One, because this convocation is so freaking expensive. Yeah. But two, because they're pretty big on asceticism and how money is evil. And so there's a pretty big push to just give your money to them. Uh, yeah, they would pass the collection basket every time we'd go to a service and we'd put in a few bucks. And, they, and they're into tithing for sure. And then the lessons themselves weren't that expensive. Yes, the lessons are cheap. There's a lot downright cheap. There's a lot of literature and uh, and just little trinkets, you yep. know, little little odds and ends that you're kind of expected to accessorize with. And I'm sure that all kind of adds up mm-hmm. over time. So so most of that isn't too expensive, but yeah, certainly the convocation itself and yeah. I think emphasis on giving more to the church definitely could add up. I'll I'll go lower than you. I'll say mm, five. Oh okay. What would you give this on a creepiness rating, Ross, where one is something not at all creepy? Mm-hmm. Uh, you go into a library. Mm-hmm. You uh, use the Dewey Decimal System to look up a book. So it's an old-timey library. People don't do that anymore. That's not creepy. And, right, you look it up, you check it out, you take it home, and you have a lovely adventure in your own mind. Okay. And then a 10 is something incredibly creepy. Like, you walk into the library, it is daytime, it is normal hours, you walk in and it is just silent in there. But mm. like there are books lying open and there are pencils out and it's as if people have just been there, but hmm. no one's there. And you're like, you're walking around, hello, hello, it's me, Ross, hello, hello. Do you say it's me, Ross, when you're walking around? Yeah, that's space? that's how I talk. <laughs> hello. <laughs> and uh, you're calling and there's Anybody? just like a fent- faint echo and you're like, huh, okay, well, I'll just go get the book I want to do, 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 do. And as you walk toward the aisle that has the book you want, a bat flies at your face. <gasps> That's a 10. Yeah, and unexpected. I'll give, you know what? They definitely register the SRF. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, because just there's there's all this imagery going on behind the scenes of, you know, uh-huh. your glowing third eye. 
But uh, yeah, just picturing all these things of this kind of underlying reality and all this magical stuff going on. Uh, but it is pleasant. I don't know if I'd call it creepy, but it has that kind of imagery. I'll, I'll, I'll say four. Oh, wow. Okay. What are you going to give it? Zero. I don't feel creeped out at all. No creep. Mm-mm. So one. I want to give it a zero. All right, fine. Zero. I feel like it is lower than checking out a library book. All right, not creepy at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, spending time with the people, not creepy. Yeah. I mean, they don't really smile that much. They're kind of serious. They don't really sure. socialize that much. That's a little creepy. I'm sticking I with guess. my four. Yeah, maybe I'll go to one. Hey. <laughs> I'm on the scale at least. Nice. What then, Carrie, would you give this on a danger rating where one is something not very dangerous, like getting in your car and then getting back out of your car? And then 10 is something like getting in your car, but then driving. And uh, really, driving is the most dangerous thing we do in our lives. Yeah, you're right. So I'm calling that a 10. Okay, that's fair. Maybe driving and fucking texting. There you go. Yes, you're driving in LA. You're texting on your phone Mm. while listening to music. Oh my God, it infuriates me when I see people driving and texting. What are you doing? What are you doing, America? Like, I mean, you it's like drunk driving. Like, you are out there mm-hmm. willing to kill me, personally me, because I'm the one who's near you seeing you because do Because someone needs to know that you had good spaghetti last night. Right. Or even if it's important, even if you're like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Uh-uh, pull over. Pull over. Okay, you're texting and you haven't fully removed the sunshade, like, from your windshield. Mm. You know, it's like the one that's got the Millennium Falcon and Chewie and oh, uh-huh. Han Solo. And it's still, it's like obstructing half the vision Jesus from your car. Christ, All right, that's a 10. Why? That's a 10. Okay, that's a 10. Uh, I'm going to give it a f- 3.5. 3.5. Yeah. I, I almost want to go for, okay, so, like, the not eating stuff is ludicrous. Uh, yeah. Okay. And the stuff in there about how you should ask God before you go to the doctor worries me. Mm-hmm. So it definitely registers. But I do think that at least the eating stuff is couched in terms of, oh, but if you still need to eat, that just means you haven't achieved that level yet. And everyone seems kind of okay with accepting when they haven't achieved like guru status. Right. So. At least, like, there's an environment there that kind of excuses it away. <laughs> yeah, show me someone who doesn't eat, and I'll show you someone who Lies. is a sneaky eater. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another way to say it. Uh, yeah, I wonder if any of them actually does that or tries to attain that. But I was curious, like, where are all these people eating, and are they eating enough? But, uh-huh. I mean, no one looked unhealthily skinny or yeah. anything. They're all trim, though. I don't remember seeing any, like, overweight people. Oh, that's a fair point. Yeah, I don't really but thought about that. But maybe that's good. Yeah, sure. Good to be right there in the middle. A fair amount of fasting worked into your regimen can be an okay thing. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I feel like they're fairly sensible people just in their day to day lives, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and all the talks had pretty practical advice. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not sensing that much danger. Mm -hmm. I don't worry for anybody who's part of the SRF. Me neither. Uh, So yeah, I'll say like eh, one. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Do you have a, a favorite moment, Carrie, that you'd like to share with the class? <laughs> okay, so the things I think of are one, uh, you fighting with the orange. <laughs> uh, 
too is just like the various times when we were trying very hard not to laugh. Oh yeah, which uh, I mean happens at everything. There'll sure, be one moment where we just like can't keep it together. Uh, some very potent moments where we'd both like heard them say something. We knew it was a, like a trigger for us to laugh. Uh-huh. Like, okay, do not look at each uh-huh. other. Yeah, or we just cock our heads just like ten degrees toward we, each other. Yeah, we were just talking about that. You acknowledge? Yep, uh-huh. I acknowledge. Yep. yep. But the one that comes to mind is the Satsango where we both realized like there was one question and one answer and we both just like kind of chuckled at the same moment and then we're trying not to laugh right and then doing that like laugh cough (laughs) yeah there was some laugh coughing to be had that's a good favorite moment I will say uh, my favorite moment was uh, Matt coming out and befriending Uh, me and showing me around it's just really sweet guy really enjoyed talking to him well good hi Matt if you hear this yeah I was hoping to see him at the convocation I did not. Though we did see our old friend, you may remember. Ah, yes. From the homeopathy episode. Ayurveda. Yeah, our Ayurvedic practitioner who prescribed us homeopathy and Ayurvedic medicine. He was there. And I often see him at work, too, because he gives massages there. And uh, I, I did not go up to talk to him. Sure. Well, that's it for our show. Our producer and co-editor is Ian Kramer. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. You can find us on the internet at MaximumFun.org. There's a list of shows, and then you'll see Ono. You'll figure it out. Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Yeah, you guys are advanced modern people. And you can also see our photos at Facebook.com forward slash OnRack. Why picture it all in your head when you could uh, see the pictures? Yeah, right? Head on over to iTunes and uh, give us a positive review. If you would, please. And if you want to leave a negative review, leave it for Joel Osteen. Because sometimes he beats us out in the spirituality category. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that Joel Osteen. We ruled the spirituality other list. Yeah, that's right. And Hello. then we rank somewhere on the religion list yeah. in general. But anyway, you should remember. So are those that are sick with anger, lust, desire. Those that are sex fiends, they should be put away somewhere. They should be allowed a chance to get well. So, if you have these terrible tendencies, remember, it was your own making from the past. You have to undo them, undo those evil habits, otherwise you are not fit to go to heaven. Dave and Graham, and we host Stop Podcasting Yourself. We started this podcast back in 2008, before podcasts had to have any kind of concept, so we don't really know how to describe it. It's kind of like going to the barber shop if your barber knew all about the first season of the show Elf. It's like a 90-minute massage where the masseuse is two people talking to each other with a third person. It's like the Monsters of Metal tour, only quieter, no music, and just talking. It's like a makeout session, but without the lips touching, they just talk a lot. Download Stop Podcasting Yourself from iTunes or MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.